Welcome to what will be our final PHF preview. We're talking about the Toronto Six. I'm excited. We got to hear from the Toronto Six uh, earlier today, and I'm going to talk about it as soon as I get my co-hosts up here. Let's see. Andy coming through with another amazing graphic for us. Uh, Absolutely love it. We had, we finished up our um, PHF media availability today and Madison Packer gave another absolute Madison Packer answer. That's what I was just editing. Just never change, Mad Pack. Never change. change a little bit, but, you know. Anyway, good good evening. (laughs) Good evening, good evening. Ashley, you're back with us. Yes, hi, how is everyone tonight? All right, all right. Good. Love it, love it. All right, let's, uh, as we get people in here, we'll remind you, this is the Founding Four podcast, co-hosted by myself, Erica L. Ayala, and Angelica Rodriguez. We are two Latinas with spicy hockey takes. And, you know, we have so much to talk about. Uh, We've had media availability for all of the teams we're going to preview the toronto six um and there's just there's so much to get into but first let's um go around the around the horn so to speak around the stage and helica introduce yourself to the fine folks listening in today and on replay uh, well, I mean, I think uh, everybody listening right now knows who I am. But for those of you who do not know, uh, I'm Angelica. I'm the co-host of Founding 4 Pod. I am also the beat, beat writer for The Ice Garden. And, uh, you know, just uh, trying to make it through another week is all. And uh, very excited for opening weekend. Yes, well, we love and appreciate you. We know that you have a piece up for the Ice Garden previewing your very own Buffalo Buttes 2022-23 PHF season preview, colon, Buffalo Buttes. It hasn't been a beautiful two or three seasons for the former bridesmaids of the league, but can another new look roster swing things back Buffalo's way? Question mark. That's a big question mark. That's a big question mark. I don't know. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if uh, I saw, I was on, on some of the calls. I know that they posted, they being the Premier Hockey Federation, a little clip from head coach uh, Rhea Code. But when I tell you, she her opening statement was like, you know, blah, 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 pucks on pucks in deep. No, she didn't say that, of course. We don't get that in WoHo, which I love. Uh, not very often, anyway. But, uh, you know, she said a pretty standard thing. And all of a sudden, I my head, like, I, I might have to go to the chiropractor. Because when I tell you, that thing whipped around when she was like, we're going to be, paraphrasing, she was, she was like, we're going to be so up on our opponent that they're going to smell our star. Starbucks order and I was weak. <laughs> <laughs> 
That sounds like Rhea to a T. Oh my gosh, I was weak. I love it. Last year she gave us so many. I, I feel like I'm just gonna call them. I don't know. Do we want to call them Buffalo isms? Like I don't know, Rhea isms. Um, like definitely Rhea isms. Rhea isms. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with Rhea isms. We'll talk a little bit about that, but of course we will uh, talk about. We heard from Geraldine Heaney. Not sure if you know this, folks. Hockey Hall of Famer. The Toronto Six have not one, not two current Hockey Hall of Famers. And if the Hockey Hall of Fame ever gets their crap together, they probably should have the organization overall a few in the future. But Ashley, we are welcoming you again. Ashley Muzan joined us last week, is back to talk about the other Canadian team. Let the folks know uh, what you're all about and uh, what you're most excited for regarding the PHF season eight. Yes. So I am Ashley Muzan. Happy to be invited back. This is awesome. Um, happy to be talking with the both of you tonight again about the Toronto six. Um, with that being said, I used to dibble dabble a little bit in journalism, just got involved in the women's hockey scene um, a few years ago. And I just took a brief pause just so I could get um, my other work going here, working uh, as a, the owner and founder of Ball Hockey Bootcamp. So we're a youth-focused organization trying to grow the game for young girls and boys. And I put girls first because I feel there's such an emphasis on trying to grow boys sports. So we're definitely more focused on the young um, girls and women out there and also just getting more players of color involved in the game. So that's what I'm really trying to push forward right now and um, just get that going. Uh, we, we love the vibe. We are here. We are not only two Latinas with spicy hot takes, but we are always for the culture. So we love that. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, just for season eight, I'm just, I've just been waiting, waiting all summer. I'm just like, I just need the PHF to come back. So I'm just ready for hockey this weekend. I'm just ready for everything to just kick off and I'm praying I, I bought a ticket. I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to get up there yet or not, but I'm in South Carolina for anybody that doesn't know, but I bought a ticket to the Riggs opening game and I am trying oh, to snap. All, of my, all of my energy. I'm trying to make it up there on the 19th so they can play the Toronto six. I'm, I'm ready to go. I love it. I love it. Let's throw some, you know, good juju in the va in the chat. Good juju. Good. We're manifesting this for Ashley. So put those hearts up if you uh, are able to reach the little emoji button. It's the heart with a little plus sign. Just give her some love, fam. That's how we do it. Um, <clears throat> and so, okay, let's let's start with you, Angie. Um, you know how we do. We're talking about the Toronto Six. Not the new kids on the block. That's Montreal. We talked about them last time on Twitter Spaces. Um, but Toronto, what what are some of the goings on, if you will, with Toronto in the off season? Uh, well, there's there's quite a bit. Um, I mean, I think as we all know, we really should start with kind of how things ended up for Toronto last season. Um, you know, they were really, really riding high the majority of the year. Um, you know, Elaine Shuley had a tremendous season in net. Um, they had some amazing, amazing goal differential. I think they were tops in the league in specialty teams as well. And then all of a sudden, it kind of came crashing down in the playoffs. So, uh, unfortunately for them, um, 
what looked to be uh, a easy ride to their first ever Isabel Cup final ended up being a semifinal bow out. So um, since then, they've just been working, you know, hard. They actually turned over pretty much almost their entire front office. Um, their former president now moving over to the Riveters. Uh, their former assistant coach, Angela James, is now their uh is now, I believe, their president. Am I saying that right, or am I completely off base? GM. Um, GM. You got yeah. Sammy Joe, who brought the mascot yes. back, which we're talking yes. about. <laughs> this is this is correct. This makes so much more sense now. Yes, Sammy Joe Small named president. Angela James named GM. A uh, couple of huge names in women's hockey, especially Canadian women's hockey, uh, and. Uh, Again, as you mentioned earlier, brought Geraldine Haney, but uh, you know, behind the bench. Um, also, you know, I think a lot of the signings that they've made are, you know, with, uh, you know, from what I'm looking at, I feel like at least recently they've had defense in mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're just really trying to regroup and really trying to you know, put that behind them. I think they feel like they've got a lot to prove um, with uh, with last season really not going the way that they planned, so. Yeah, and Ashley, I'd love for you to chime in. What did you see as some of the biggest off-season moves for this Toronto Six team? I would just say just um, uh, she had it on point there just with overhauling their whole front office when I had like with just paying attention to all like the news and the breaking news of everybody just switching around. I was like, whoa, whoa, what is going on? I was like, why is there so much? But again, the um, the uh, Canadian Team Canada uh ties are strong again like as we talked about on Sunday with uh La Montreal Force they just getting a lot of Team Canada names in there in their coaching staff it looks like the six is kind of trying to do the same thing with um Sammy Joe Small being the president and her having Team Canada experience and then now with Geraldine um, Haney having ties with Hockey Canada as well and also being a Hockey Hall of Famer like it just really seems like they're trying to move in a different direction which I'm all here for so I'm excited to see how it's all going to come together yeah we talked about it when we talked about the riv when we were speaking excuse me about the riveters and for their PHF preview we talked about Digit Murphy uh, and it kind of came up quite by accident, but we're going to stick with it. Like Digit Murphy, former president, former head coach, also uh, inaugural head coach is like a ringleader of the WoHo circus has been involved at, with innovation at every level and has this, uh, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a, a bad thing or a good thing. It just is what it is. She tends to innovate, um, you know, Toss the stuff around and then move on. Um, and so that has happened yet again, but that opened the door for Sammy Joe Small. What were you going to say, Angie? <laughs> I said, if that's what you want to call it, I'm sorry, you're being real diplomatic about it. I certainly am not as diplomatic, but anyway, go on. That's all fair. That's <laughs> all fair. I'm, I'm just here to set the scene and then I let the experts speak on it. You know how we do? This is, we believe in free speech, even on this bird app these days, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think we 
are seeing now with Sammy Joe Small and even, I mean, I was kind of joking about the mascot, but so mascots seem to be a thing this season. Um, it seems like there was a, an internal memo sent around that teams need to get on the mascot game. And so the Toronto Six revealed their new mascot. It's not an off-season move. I guess it's it, it's a preseason move. Uh, I don't know when we delineate off-season versus preseason, but whatever. The point being that Kipling is the new Toronto Six mascot but is not necessarily a new mascot to Toronto, Angelica. Correct. Uh, apparently, uh, Kipling was a holdover from the Toronto Furies, uh, which, if I recall correctly, a certain uh, current president of the Six uh, had ties to, and I believe played goalie for them at some point during the CWHL's uh, in uh, existence, I should say. Um, so yeah, that definitely didn't. Uh, it wasn't. It was a surprise. It wasn't necessarily like a shock. I guess. I don't know. Um, it was definitely interesting, though. Um, I, I will say that uh, my uh, <laughs> my significant other texted me, and she was like, uh, "Why does it have eyelashes?" So <laughs> that was that was really the extent of our conversation. Got you. I've gone on the record about mascots before, Ashley. I mean, I'm a New York Metropolitans fan. As far as I'm concerned, we have the best mascots in all of sports, Mr. and Mrs. Met. You know, they're pretty straightforward without being creepy, uh, but they're fun. Like, you want to give them a high five or maybe a little hug, depending on your age. Uh, And then you move on. You don't want them booty popping or their googly eyes or their tooth coming out. I mean, I don't know. But here's what we know about Kipling. Uh, Kipling, she, her, is a six-year-old polar bear, 180 pounds, 5'9". You know what I love is that they give, like, the hockey stat or just the sports stat. Because, you know, in sports, your age, your height, and your weight is on record. (laughs) That's a a real big six-year-old. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Are polar bear years the same as human years? Are they like dog years? I don't. Questions that need answers. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't. I know uh, not. I feel like I feel like some googling is in order. Please hold. Some, okay, please hold. Please hold. Thank you. Uh, okay, I will continue. Kipling is known for her backflips waving her hockey stick flag and her passion for ice hockey come through queen um her migration wouldn't be wouldn't have been possible without her friend carlton from the leafs okay so i'm assuming is that the actual leafs mascot i i know not of these things <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling it might be it must if be I'm, okay. if i'm recalling correctly yes so uh just so you know polar bears reach maturity between the age of three and five years females typically have their first litter at five or six however Polar bears in the wild can live to be up to 30 years of age. Oh, wow. Okay, then. So I'd be From dead. From 6 apparently. to 30. Okay, so you, like, have your family and then just live your whole your whole polar bear life. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess you could say Kipling is, is, a, a, is a, a full adult. Um so yeah, I guess it's kind of similar to uh, to dog years. Why are okay. we talking about? 
stop. Uh, her birthday is celebrated on September 6th. I don't know what sign does that make Kipling. I'm not into She's the... Virgo. She is a Virgo. Okay. And Erica, do you have something against googly eyes with mascots? I, <laughs> I just have something against gritty. No, Erica. Wow, why? I'm just keeping it real. Well, first of all, I'm from New York, so there's that. Okay, um, but we, we've established Gritty is a crystal guy. He's a, a no, Gritty. Okay, a, not crystal. all crystal people are my people. Uh, a crystal mascot, a crystal, because we still don't know. We still don't know Gritty's gender, and we, we don't want to misgender on this on this podcast. But uh, no, I, I my thing on mascots is as long as they're not King Cake Baby, I'm all good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I am oh a my. huge fan of Gritty, and I just no. love the fact that I love the fact that Abbott Elementary like included him in their show. I thought that was pretty awesome. And like the best <laughs> part about that was that <laughs> my husband's from North Carolina, so he has no idea like what gritty gritty really is. But I figured since he's married to me, he would figure that like, oh, the flyers like gritty. So when they had the episode and Gregory in the episode says why do we care about Gritty? And, like, they all look at him in shock. Like, what are you talking about? My husband literally said the same thing. He was like, who the hell is Gritty? I was like, what? <laughs> I love door. Gritty. Like, you kidding? Like, who be it? Oh, my gosh. I'm weak. <laughs> yeah. In this house, I definitely do not stand Gritty. But I do stand Andy, who came through because, you know, I, listen, was I like, oh wait, that was the Furies mascot? But then I'm like, fam, like if your if your whole ass job just disappeared, are you supposed to just go extinct? Six <laughs> years old, okay. Kipling is six years old and can live to thirty, and like we're just supposed to not let her live her life. Like, can we let her live? Can we let her live? There's a new team in Toronto. Why can't Kipling get another job? You feel me? So Andy came through because, you know, there was a little discourse and I was like, I, I pulled the Sandlot. Legends never die, kid. And Andy hooked it up. So now if you look in um, in this little chat that we have here, you'll see an Andy original uh, Kipling in that meme from the Sandlot. Thank you for your service, Andy. Um, we will forgive you that you were with your six-year-old. Same age as Kipling. Um I mean, in theory, at least, <laughs> we will forgive you that you you didn't get on that right away because you were at a swimming lesson. You promised it won't happen again. We appreciate a person that knows their priorities. <laughs> oh my not. goodness! <laughs> I'm so done. <laughs> Just it's the last one. We have to keep it fun. I will say. I do think Sammy Joe Small, not only with the acquisition of Kipling, but I do think Sammy Joe Small is kind of a big deal to come on for the Toronto Six. And I thought it was really interesting that Sammy, who's been very involved in hockey, has kept her finger on the pulse in women's hockey, said that she was kind of waiting it out. Uh, we've talked about the um, difference of opinion. This is me being diplomatic. Angie will fill in the gaps. But, um, the, the, you know, this rift between post, I think we, we have to call it post-college hockey, um, and, and what could be uh, in wake of the CWHL folding. And Sammy Joe was very... Um, 
calculated, I guess I would say, in what she wanted to do next, not just in women's hockey, but in hockey overall. And so for her to find something that she could kind of hang her hat on and continue on with, uh, with the Toronto Six, I think is, I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. But all right, let's talk a little bit about this team and what we think they're going to be on the ice. So, um, Ashley, what are who are some of the players that stand out to you? I know that um, Cheyenne D'Arcangelo spoke to media. She talks about this team being a young team, um, but we know they lost a heavy hitter in Michaela Grant-Mentis, went back to Buffalo. Who do you see potentially as, if anyone at all, filling those uh, the, filling the, those um, shoes of Michaela Grant-Mentis for this Toronto Six team? Oh, that's gonna be so tough. I was I was personally hurt when she left. <laughs> like, why is she going? Like I totally understand it because like I mean uh, Buffalo is who gave her like her her start before she officially like joined the league um, full season. So like I I totally get it, and I got a chance to interview her. I think it was two seasons ago, um, and I was just when they said like she was gonna be back in Buffalo, I was like no. <laughs> I just love watching her play, so I don't care what team she's on. Like, I'm totally going to support her. But I I don't know who's going to fill those shoes cause, or those skates, I should say, because she's just – I mean, I haven't seen anybody play like her. Like, just the just her style, her her speed, her grit, her tenacity on the ice. Like, I just – I just don't know. Like, I really don't. Like, I had thought about it. I was just, like, thinking, like, okay, like, they don't have MGM anymore. Um, Like, who's going to really take over, like, that kind of, you know, hardcore style that she had So um, with the six? So I I don't know. Unless you guys know, I really don't know. (laughs) Uh, I will have the unpopular opinion here. Um, I think that the six have created a deep enough team that – I don't know that it'll matter that much, to be honest with you. Oh, snap. Um, oh, snap. I'm not, I'm not saying that Bucky isn't a, a once-in-a-lifetime, like, a gen- she's, I guess, what the closest thing that what we can call a generational talent in women's hockey. Um, but honestly, I mean, you look at some of the names, and I look at some of these players who have – really cemented themselves you know you have Michaela Cava you have Brooke Boquist Mm -hmm. you have an offensive defender with a ton of size and more skating ability than she should have at her size in Lindsay Eastwood you have both Woods's Taylor and Emma you've got um who else coming in you have Teresa Vanasova who they just signed in September you've got players who I think that it's going to be much Brian Wilson Bennett as well you've got players who I I think don't forget BWB no absolutely not and that's exactly it is that I think that it's definitely going to be a more of a collective effort amongst um the forward lines for the six but I honestly think they're gonna be okay um they're still extremely impressive up front with the the names that they have so you know I think that yeah of course they're gonna have to do some adjusting because so much of their offense was you know it's built on the creativity of MGM but you know I think some of the best teams can still adjust and move forward um, you know, and, and 
I think that they've got a good enough supporting cast that I I, I don't really know that it's really going to make that big of a difference. But, you know, time will tell. No, I totally agree. Mine was more of a personal standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, uh, we're about to get to a, a we're about to get to an addition that the sticks made. I'm pretty sure in net that I'm a hundred percent. almost like you're a cool yeah. and you read my mind, homie. I, I had a feeling yeah. you were gonna go that way too, because I had just yes. been reading on the ice bar, and I was like, I know who we're gonna talk about tonight. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, I'm already I'm right there with you on the other end, so I know okay. exactly how you feel. We're gonna yeah. hand the mic over to Angie, but I put in the oh, chat. God. There's a live chat function here in the Twitter spaces. Let us know. What do you think about MGM moving forward? She and her golden sticks are are swimming downstream to Buffalo. Who will make up for that offensive firepower? But yes, Angelica Rodriguez. We know that you are dying to talk about the hot potato that has been happening in the PHF. Uh, particularly by way of Carly Jackson. So let us know, just for those who maybe didn't join us for the Buffalo Buttes preview, how did it all go down? And (sighs) CJ, what should we expect? Okay. Um, I mean, I think anybody who has paid attention to her two seasons in the PHF has realized Carly Jackson has definite huge athleticism in net. Um, she was the Brutes MVP last season. Uh, she was the all-stars voted by the fans. So she, not only she have tons of talent, tons of upside, but she also has, you know, the fan factor. She has that favorite factor. So um, what happened was, unfortunately, the Buttes didn't really make her an offer that she felt like she couldn't refuse. Um, And uh, unfortunately, that meant that she was looking for, uh, you know, some greener pastures and she found them in Toronto. Uh, Toronto was offering her the right price and uh, she went for it. And, you know, she did it knowing that she was probably going to play second fiddle to Elaine Shuley. But, you know, ultimately her words to me when I spoke with her about it were, you know, I want to go somewhere where, you know, I basically feel wanted. Not that she didn't necessarily feel wanted in Buffalo, but it definitely wasn't the offer that she was hoping for. Um, again, I'll keep those numbers to myself because I feel like that's, you know, between her and, you know, it's, it's her choice if she wants Girl, to. Girl, what's tea? What's tea? <laughs> like, like, um, I mean, okay. like an ad, like a range, like a range. All right. So let's, let's say this. Mike Murphy just closed the salaries. She made what eighteen thousand, I think, last year. She signed with Toronto for less than thirty. So I can tell you that the Buttes definitely offered her less than twenty-five. Um, so essentially, it was it, it just wasn't enough to keep her, and it was a very hard decision. Um, I think on both sides, it was a harder decision to make, but. Ultimately, I think she's really embracing her time in Toronto now. Um, Seems like she's really started settling in. Um, You know, I think that she's just got one of those personalities that is such a good, like, it's a very, it's a very positive personality. She's definitely one of those people you want to have in your locker room. She knows how to keep, she knows how to keep it fun. She knows how to focus. She's always looking to get better. And like I said, I mean, she's got the capacity to really kind of, she has 
the capacity to be a very solid support behind Elaine Shuley. I mean, obviously, she's proven she's starting material, but uh, you know, you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not really gonna not play Elaine Shuley. So I think that um, we may not see as much of her between the pipes unless something does happen in net, uh, but. Um, I know for a fact that I'm certainly going to miss her. Uh, she and I have been chatting on and off during the off season about, uh, this, you know, what's to come and, uh, her first, um, game against Buffalo is actually the Buffalo Believes Classic on December 16th. So hello, oh, uh, drama, <laughs> hello, potential revenge game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, all, you know, long story short, you know, she's a great goalie. Again, she's very young. She's just turned 25. So she's got a ton of upside. And uh, I think the six are getting a really, really solid netminder to support truly between the pipes. I love it. And for those who don't know, CJ Carly Jackson, such a great personality as actually a co-host of a podcast more than she is. And said podcast just recently had our guy, our stats man, Mike Murphy on the podcast. Yes, it was lovely. We love the way, that. yeah, the way Mike is just universally loved amongst everybody. It just warms my heart. And uh, yeah, the they podcast deserve is, it. <laughs> yeah, the podcast is really great. They've had a few episodes now. Um, they've talked to uh, some of Carly's teammates in with Nova Scotia baseball. They've talked about you know their own starts in the league, uh, in their you know respective sports, I should say. Um, and so uh, I really love what they're doing over there. So uh, go listen to more than five percent uh, after you listen to us, of course. <laughs> Def Abby there. Okay, Ashley, I want to bring you in on this because I was able to, again, work my way around the horn for um, for the media calls. And I do want to get to, I asked the Toronto Six about them canceling their uh, preseason game, their tune-up against Montreal. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But there was something that Riveter's head coach and legend in her own right, Venla Hovey, said, which Angelica and I have kind of been talking about, but um, Dan Rice, who I see in the chat, make sure you follow Dr. Ice, a.k.a. The Hammer, according to DF uh, Pendries. But um, Dan Rice had been talking about on Spaces with us that the Riveters are having morning practices. And Ashley, that's extremely different than what we've seen in the league before. This is like, uh, it's like, you know, some some people have in the past called it a glorified beer league. Again, that's where that rift comes in. But anyway, um, it, it definitely was an evening activity, shall we say. Um, but Venla Hovey, when coming in as head coach, knew she wanted to have her players hit the ice fresh. And if anyone couldn't make morning skates, then they had to go find a contract somewhere else. Now, when we think about how the league is evolving and that, yes, the salaries have increased, but not necessarily the salary cap certainly hasn't increased enough to where everyone can make this their only full-time job. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how we're seeing the different teams deploy their ice time. Ven Lahovey saying, we're practicing in the morning. If you can't be here, I don't know what to tell you. And then we heard yeah. Colton Orr say, we had the option for four. 
practices. We went with three because that's what worked with our roster. Just your thoughts on that and what that could mean for this season, but then also the future of the PHF. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, I read, I saw that um, you posted this, and I had read it, and obviously, you know, the Riveters are my team, but I'm going to be honest, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. (laughs) You think about some of the work schedules that you hear with some of the players and like they're trying to you know make hockey first and for her to put in there that you know if they can't make a morning practice when she can get them after a good night's sleep that hockey is second I said yeah well duh like it is second to a lot of people because or a lot of players I should say because they have to work full-time jobs in order to make their hockey dreams even possible because they wouldn't be able to live, especially in East Rutherford, New Jersey, of all places, (laughs) they would not be able to afford. I'm from New Jersey, and I used to live um, right in that area of Clifton, and that's near Patterson, New Jersey. And even those areas are maybe 15, 20 minutes away from that area, and it is still extremely expensive to live there. So for her to say... I can understand if she wanted to make her team do the practices in the morning, but for to say, oh, well, if you can't do that, go find somewhere else. Like that's kind of extremely limiting to a league that already cannot offer the players enough to live off of the wage. So I I didn't like that comment. I mean, to each his own, but I, I really didn't like that comment at all. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I feel like the Riveters, uh, compared to the Whale, probably do feel like they have a lot more to prove on the On Ice product. So that didn't shock me that the Whale are like, yeah, no, we'll work with whatever we got. Because, I mean, let's be real. The Whale don't have to prove as much. I agree with you. I mean, I think that the Riveters yeah. definitely need need to do something a little transcendent this year. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love that, transcendent. But I think it's interesting because, I mean, these two teams went head-to-head in the preseason. Again, it's preseason. Not everyone hit the ice. We know it was essentially optional. Um, I mean, at least that's what the league said. I don't know what the coach said. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting because if you look at that head-to-head, the whale dominated. Um, and so if it's all things all day hockey, is that paying off? Is it going to pay off this season? I think it's definitely shifting the culture. And then, um, I'll, I'll post what Colton said, but he had a more, um, maybe we say diplomatic or, you know, um, yeah, a more diplomatic approach in that he wanted to ensure that whenever practice was, that everyone on the roster could make it. That was the top priority there. So it was a little bit more um, of a diplomatic approach in that he went to the players as opposed to setting that and then setting his roster. I mean, I'm going to keep it 100%. I'm going to keep it funky. I think that whale roster looks more dangerous than that Riveters roster. Riveters roster. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I mean, I think that that just sets the tone right off the bat for the Riveters. Let's be real. You know, it's if you're, if you're trying to improve your on ice products, pissing off the players and not, not for nothing, the fans as well by, you know, insisting that they have to do this or go look for another job. Like, come on now. Yeah, that just that got me riled up before we <laughs> tonight. Just not a happy just fan. Not a happy fan. Yep. No, I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I what, mean it's what 
you know, we talked about this, Angie. Um, I don't know if you're on extra. There we go. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, we talked about this. It's clear whether it's the increased amount of practices, whether it's, you know, Venlo Hobie taking that line and being able to take that line, you know, fielding a roster, being able to take that line. There's definitely a shift. I don't know that everyone's going hard in the paint or in the crease, maybe as Venlo Hobie in this season, but even in, in what Colton said, and that's posted here in our Twitter spaces as well. You know, he does want to move to earlier practices. And so I, I, I'm just I wanted to put that out there since it was fresh. It happened just today. Um, but I, I want to keep a finger on the pulse on that because I do think we're going to start to see this league shift to where there's an expectation to prioritize this, whether it was, you know, we also heard from um, Anne Sophie Betty and I learned how to pronounce her name and I'm so excited and Sophie Betty. Um, so now I will say it all the time. Uh, but um, I loved what she said. She said her priority was, I wanted to play in a team setting and I wanted to play for a championship. And every, regardless of where people land in what practice needs to look like and when practice needs to be, everyone is saying that there is an expectation that the product will be better because there's more of an investment and there is there is higher pay. So I, I wonder what it, everything's going to look like this season, but also in the seasons to come, because we're definitely at a tipping point. That being said, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I definitely agree with that. And I think that we've already talked about it in terms of like, you know, it, it, we're going to have to, it's a business and it start, needs to start acting like a business. Like we're going to need to start pivoting toward it being a full-fledged professional league. That being said, I mean, the pay has got to be there. The benefits have to be there. Everything has to be in there for the players to be able to feel comfortable enough to do that. Uh, if a player doesn't feel comfortable enough to do that, that's not their fault. That's the team in the league's fault, to be very honest with you. So, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great point. I mean, definitely, like if you're looking at um, if you're a player that wants to play, but you're on the kind of like the lower end of the salary, you know, it it would be really hard to make a morning practice and then try to make that work around a work schedule that's paying you way more than what you're getting paid to play hockey. All things to keep in mind, and it sounds like that also factored into if or where we see Taylor Kersey. Um, so, gonna keep that, um, gonna keep the finger on the pulse there. Uh, Dr. Ice wrote in the comments, and Dan, you're always welcome to, to hop on here, but he typed in, only one player on the ribs can't work remote, but makes the practices around her job. Everyone else is remote or European and not really working. And yes, Coach Hovey talked about that because um, we've seen before where the league helped, I guess, broker um, visas. Um, and then also they've had international, we've always had international players in this league, but not all of them had work visas somewhere on student visas or were already in North America and could make it work. But for those who are coming over specifically to play in the PHF, this is the only employment they can take per their visa. So I, you know, we're not yet at full salary disclosure, but I mean, I'd be very curious to see what those salaries look like for European players, especially those who are on work visas through the league. Um, 
Okay, I want to switch gears here. It's not uh, the cleanest of transitions, but we talked about before our last spaces that Montreal and Toronto did not hit the ice in a preseason game because there was a loss um, in the Toronto Six organization. It was not a player. It was not a staff member. But I got a little bit more. I asked Coach Geraldine Heaney about it, and I I will say this. Um <laughs> for a few reasons i'm not i'm not in the hard-nosed journalism these days for those who don't know i'm one of the broadcasters in the league so there's a little bit uh of tiptoeing that i have to do here um just i should say excuse me that i choose to do because of how i categorize professionalism that's what i'll say um that being said um i also am very mindful of how people process grief and it, it, there was a loss, there was a death. And so I went about approaching this the best way that I felt comfortable um, and asked Geraldine Heaney what she was comfortable with sharing. From what I understand, there was a player that got notice of a loss and the team was en route to their game. At that time, the team essentially had a conversation and Coach Heaney said the overwhelming majority, so it wasn't a unanimous decision, but the overwhelming majority of the team opted not to play that game and to support the person, um, you know, and, and to support their teammate in that time. So that's what we that's what we got today, and I left it at that. There were no follow-ups asked, so I did want to report on that. Um, you know, I do think that people have every right to share their personal um business especially when it comes to to grief and loss on their own time so that's just my those are my thoughts uh and i'm gonna leave it at that but i was i was grateful to coach heaney for for offering that up yeah absolutely and i mean i've said it a bunch of times but definitely our hearts go out to whoever that player was and her family because you know death and, and loss like that is not easy i think uh, every single one of us can speak from experience on that. So uh, definitely hoping that she has all the support that she needs during this time. Exactly. And it seemed like that was a, a high priority. What we also know is, and I mentioned this, Captain Cheyenne D'Arcangelo says this is a young team. Geraldine Heaney admitted not really knowing much about this this PHF league before coming on board. And in ways, that's okay. The The Toronto Six is okay with that for now because their philosophy is just to be good at um, at what they have been focused on. We've also heard, and, and some coaches have liked that they have extended times, others haven't, but um, there's been an extended period of practice, you know, like a month plus of practice. And um, for example, coach Colton Orr in the Connecticut Wales said they prioritize having their preseason games later in that time period so that they could focus on themselves. We saw Boston kind of sprinkled in preseason games throughout. Um, and so everyone's had a different approach, but it, it has been, again, a different approach to this PHF season. So it was really interesting to hear from all of the teams. Most of the teams addressed that and how they approached it. But, you know, usually on these PHF previews, Ashley, we ask, um, you know, what does this Toronto six team need to be successful? Uh, you know, or they will be successful if they do fill in the blank. And so I, I do have essentially what Cheyenne D'Arcangelo and Coach Heaney said, so I'm going to save that, but I'll start with you. What do you think this Toronto Six team needs to do in order to be successful and to make it 
to their first ever Isabel Cup final. Yeah, I would say just going off, we talked a little bit about their strengths from last season and what Angie had said about their uh, 21 goal differential and just that they're really strong offensively. And now with them having um, Geraldine Heaty as their uh, bench boss and just being that more of that defensive mindset, I think that as long as they keep playing to their offensive strengths, um, I think they're going to be just fine getting to the Isabel Cup. I think that's what is going to be their um, key is just, sticking to those offensive strengths that they had last year, just keeping that up for this season, I think they're going to be just fine. And do you think they can do it? They're going to the Izzy Cup final this year? Uh, I mean, not if Boston has anything to say about it, but uh, I do think that um, I think uh, if Toronto, I, I'm, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I think if Toronto can figure out their defense as well, you know, I think that uh, we've mentioned it in multiple capacities, you and I, Erica, uh, that offense is exciting and it sells tickets, but defense wins championships. And I am fully on board with that. I think that um, they've made uh, some steps in that direction when it comes to that. And I think that that was really what stuck out um, when they uh, lost in the semifinals last season. So uh, I definitely am excited to see what they can do defensively and if they can really complete their game. Yeah, I love that. I think you're absolutely right. And to that end, uh, Coach Heaney and Cheyenne D'Arcangelo said that they really can't worry too much about their opponent. They're going to uh, face off against a Minnesota Whitecaps team who is another team that has really changed their roster. Uh, we've seen a lot of change throughout the PHF. I would argue probably... Um, I guess, and I, I should have done the math, but, you know, me and numbers. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I think I test tells me that Connecticut is probably the team that has the most carryovers. Um, so, you know, I'm very curious to see what the identity of all of the other teams is going to be and how they build that. Um, but I invited Dan the man on here because, you know, he's always got the intel the insider uh, info, but Dan, I'd love for you to chime in. What do you think we need to know about this Toronto team? And what do you think uh, will be their calling card of success for this season? I don't know how to paging Dan paging Dan. I also like, I feel like I pressed a lot of buttons and I broke something. I don't know. Hello. <laughs> Can there we go. <laughs> we got you. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Th thanks for having me on. Um, what was the specific question that you asked again? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. So what do you think uh, about this Toronto six team and uh, what will success look like for them? What do they need to do to be, su to be successful? Success for the Toronto six this year. And this is just my opinion. So take it for what it's worth. They need to win a playoff game. I mean, they, they can go 24-0, and I'm going to sit here and I'll tell you on the eve of the playoffs that um, I've, whoever is playing against them, I'm probably going to pick, especially if it's Boston again. Um, but they have to win a playoff game. They, they've, they've shown they can dominate in this league. Um, it'll be one thing to see if they can do it without Bucky on the roster. I, I think they still can. They're, they're still obviously very talented. Um, Doc Angelo and, and 
and all the woods and, and Soroya and, and Chuli and goal, obviously they have some, a really solid group of defenders, but they have to win a playoff game. It's, it's year two. Like I, I know, you know, it, it's mostly a younger group, but a, a good core part of that team has been together now since their inception. So, um, you know, if, if they want to be a real contender, a real player, they have to at least win a playoff game. Now we don't know what the yeah, playoff, we don't know Dan, what the playoff format is yet, but yeah, this is true. But Dan, I asked you about the Toronto six, not the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Ouch. Well, sometimes Ouch. things work for, for both teams. So <laughs> it was right there. I had to take it. Um, <laughs> No, I think you're absolutely right. That's that's real talk. Um, I mean, it's right there in the title of this Twitter spaces, right? Um, and I think we've seen this team meet success, uh, you know, and, you know, the other side of the coin for uh, Connecticut is that, you know, they made it to the final, their first ever final. But now, you know, and it was they were asked, you know, everyone's got you hoisting the cup, but are you going to be able to prove it? I mean, it's nice, I guess, to win a regular season title. But what are you going to do in the playoffs? Because the Boston Pride don't care about nobody and their feelings. When I tell you, like, <laughs> they're ready. They're ready to come for all y'all. All y'all. So I think I think that's a, a wonderful point, Dan, that you made. Um, but Dan, let us know. I, I know you dropped a bunch of stuff. Um, I loved that. I actually wasn't today supposed to be your day off. I'm sorry, I brought you to the stage. You're supposed to be taking time off. But um, you know, I know you dropped a lot of great nuggets for us. But uh, what else can we expect before the puck drops on the PHF season uh, from you, Dan Rice? Yeah, correct. I did take today off. I didn't. I it was really hard to to not like open up my laptop and start editing something or start uh, piecing together another article. But I, I did a lot the last couple of days. Um, I did I, I did do a little editing on the for the Ice Garden for for one of our other writers. Um, but yeah, I, I posted uh, a couple of uh, Connecticut Whale articles today. Uh, did the season preview. Um, and then an a interview I did with uh, Kennedy Marchman over the weekend after the exhibition game. Uh, so those are up on the Ice Garden now. And then uh, I have my, my big column uh, as we get ready for the season around the rink. Um, I think I'm going to put it out Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm going to wait for the whenever the Toronto preview goes up. I'll, I'll have it go up a couple of hours after that. Um, and that'll that'll just kind of like. Uh, clean up some some things from over the summer, and I, I got a bunch of quotes in there that I haven't used yet um, from players like Madison Packer and Emma Keenan, uh, Shannon Tor- Shannon Turner, excuse me, Lovisa Burnson, um, Kennedy Ganser, uh, Leia Marino. So I, I really uh, jam packed it this week. Uh, I, I added some upcoming milestones. There, there's a lot of uh, interesting milestones upcoming and, and throughout my research, I started doing, uh, you know, we always talk about the, the OG and NWHL players, right. The ones who have been there from the beginning, uh, Kaylee Fratkin, uh, Madison Packer, Jillian Dempsey, uh, uh, Kira Dostal arena. Uh, I feel like I'm, I left somebody off Shannon Turner. Um, but th- there's a, another kind of wave of players that have put in now, uh, it, close to, or, or it'll be five seasons, uh, once the season starts, the, some players have put in some some real uh, term in this league, so to speak, and and uh, really kind of 
been been pillars of of what this league is and you know like one of those is Amanda Levier like she's she sat out she wasn't a part of the league the first season but she's been with the league since the second season um players like Amanda Boulier and Casey uh, Casey Anderson um they've been with the league almost 5 6 years now so um just just kind of gave them a little dap and and put their names out there and um like I said some upcoming milestones some pretty cool ones um uh, and for I, I'll leave everybody with this. Uh, when Allie Thunstrom plays her first game with the Boston Pride, which we expect will be uh, Saturday night when they, they raise their banner, um, that'll be the first game that she's not playing with Minnesota, right? But she never missed a game with Minnesota. So Minnesota will be playing their first game earlier in the day, uh, their first game as a, as a team without uh, Allie Thunstrom. There's, there's a few returning players uh, like Lev, uh, Jonna Curtis, or excuse me, Jonna Albers, um, Emma Stauber, who have been with the team since they joined the NWHL, um, but they've all missed time due to injury or whatever at various points. Uh, Dunstrom had played in every game as a white cap, so um, that's just another reason why it was really surprising that she left. But, uh, but yeah, so that's coming up, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, watching all the games this weekend, hearing everybody on the calls, um, making a couple of calls to, to maybe some players afterwards to get some stuff for uh, – for next week and then uh next week i think monday i'm gonna have a, a feature on uh leia marino from the riveters had a really nice chat with her as well on saturday um so yeah so that's everything coming up soon and uh thanks again for always throwing me a vine here and and uh give me a, a little bit of a platform uh you know, i love you guys and uh, uh hopefully i see you guys during the season but uh regardless i want to wish you all the best as the season gets gets going here that's it we are a family <laughs> That's what we have. That's what we do. That's what we do here. We're all OGs um, in our own way. That's why I love an OG storyline because I am an OG. You feel me? Since since the since the first puck drop, I love it. But um, this is why we have Dan on. Always has so much going on. I can't wait to use some of these nuggets that you have shared on the broadcast. I will be on the call. But let's go to Ashley. And now I know you said that you dabbled, you stepped away because you're over here trying to you know build a whole ball hockey empire and putting black girls and girls in general on on the map i love that um so tell us what we can uh how we can follow you and your ball hockey journey how we can support that and um you know also we're gonna throw some hearts in the chat make sure ashley uh is able to utilize those tickets for the riveters home opener but let us know ashley where can we find you and follow you Yes, um, definitely. Thanks again for uh, you both, Eric and Angie, having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, just if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll be just sharing what I'm doing with Ball Hockey Boot Camp. All of my stuff is linked in my bio to what we got working right now. We got a couple of women's clinics coming up. We got a big women's tournament coming up. So if you want to just follow Ball Hockey Boot Camp on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, that would be awesome. I love that. I love that you also are having women's clinics. Speaking of women's, a.k.a. adult clinics, the PWHPA, they're having an all-star weekend. It's going to be in December with in conjunction with the Ottawa Senators, but there's going to be a youth and adult hockey clinic. I feel like the WOHO community has been asking women's hockey to love up on the adults that are hockey-loving people and are watching their leagues. So I love that the PWHPA is doing that, but we also are going to obviously support what Ashley is doing um, in ball hockey. So make sure you, you click her circle here and give her a follow. Angie, you're up next. What you got? 
Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, obviously, you can find me co-hosting alongside Erica on the Founding Four pod. Uh, I am also, of course, on the Buttes Beats at the Ice Garden. Um, I just recently had my Buttes preview up. Uh, I am working on my f- my feature with Claude Kepler, uh, one of the alternate captains for this season for the Buttes. Um Uh, obviously going to have some notebook pieces uh, also going to have probably a column come up in the next week Um, you know just about some of the stuff that we've been talking about during these previews about um, you know just kind of a feels like a a new era is beginning in uh, the PHF specifically and uh, just kind of my thoughts on that and, and what we can expect going forward since you know a lot of the players that we've come to see as the faces of the league are now you know kind of in their twilight and that's kind of sad to think about already but um you know just thinking about uh you know what we can expect going forward especially as investments grow and uh you know priorities change so uh expect a column on that and then uh who knows i'll figure out opening weekend see what other features come down the pike and i'll let the uh, spirit move me in that regard I love it. I love it. Thank you, Angie, as always. And I am your other co-host, Erica L. Ayala. I put out a story today on the Women's Sports Network. And the reason I'm mentioning it here on the Founding Four pod is because this is a 24-7 network, streaming network built as a cable network uh, programming, a, a built they program their programming is built as if they're on cable network um and it's 24 7 women's sports and they have partnered one of their 12 partnerships that they announced today is the premier hockey federation so uh for those of you who are are streaming folks you should be able to watch women's sports network they were in a soft launch so for the last handful of months they've been in a soft launch uh i personally have fubo tv that's how i watch the seattle kraken so i can also watch women's sports network so i might be able to watch some uh phf content there so i love that i i wrote that for forbes you can check that out um uh on forbes sports money so check that out for sure i will be on the call for connecticut at boston on saturday and then i have the riveters game they are also playing boston as memory serves on sunday so boston has two games but only uh one game for connecticut and the ribs i will be on the saturday sunday call for that so i'm excited to do some of that and of course just like angie said you can find me here at the founding four pod i know some people have been asking we want to thank those of you who've been joining us on twitter spaces you can listen to the recording save for the boston one because your girl forgot to toggle record my bad my bad but you can check out our links and wherever you listen to podcasts you can find the founding four pod sam fryman gave us some really great nuggets about the boston pride squad on that one so that's over on our feed but um, all of the other Twitter spaces with a mild editing uh, will be up and you should be able to listen to those starting tomorrow so you'll be ready to go before the puck drops on Saturday we have a banner raising for the Boston Pride their third banner raising the only one that's bling ringing three times though is Jillian Dempsey she's gonna need more fingers if they keep going the way they go but um, 
I, I'm really excited for this season. I think there's a lot of great potential. And while we have been focusing on the PHF, I mentioned a little PWHPA nugget. I know that they're going out to Seattle or, excuse me, the national teams. <laughs> PWHPA and the national teams, almost synonymous. But <laughs> the, the national teams, not the PWHPA, the national teams will be stopping in Vegas. They're going to Pittsburgh. They're going to Seattle. So we'll talk about that on the Founding Four as well. But that will do. We finished up all of our previews. You can listen to the replays again on Twitter Spaces, but also after the 30-day lapse, you can listen on our feed and also listen out for an interview with Soroya Tinker, a member of this Toronto 6 team on the blue line, but also um, Hockey Hall of Fame weekend, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after, she will be officially launching. It will be the live launch of Black Girl Hockey Club Canada. And your girl, Soroya Tinker, is the executive director. I talked to her about that. I talked to her about working with legends like Sammy Joe Small, Angela James, and now Geraldine Heaney, and what that is going to do for this T6 team. And of course, why with all of her contracts and sponsorships, she's always giving back to black girls coming up in hockey. So you're not going to want to miss that. We are still going to use Twitter spaces. We'll probably come on after the Sunday games just for a little quick recap. And then midweek, we will go back to our regular scheduled format. We've got some uh, player interviews coming up and you should be able to um you know catch up on on phf players as we get through the season but for my co-host angelica rodriguez i am erica l ayala be kind to yourself and to one another this world is a crazy crazy place but we love you all truly uh madly deeply uh we appreciate all your support and we hope that you extend that support to everyone that is doing their darndest to make sure that women's hockey is at the forefront starting in november thank you ashley for joining us dan you're amazing we always appreciate you mike's not here but we always give him stick taps he is my co-founder of the founding four pod and thank you all for listening in and we'll catch you next time uh on the founding four pod have a good night everyone, have a good night, everyone. peace see you